my name is Eddie C, and welcome to my positive podcast. I'll bring you positive stories of people from all walks of life, because everyone has a story to tell. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to MPP, my positive podcast. I'm your host, Eddie C, and I'm glad that you're listening to this show and you've been following some of the other shows. And once again, thanks to all the subscribers that tune in on each show. It's been a while since I've done one. Uh, that's one of the main reasons is because I've been very busy with a with some other activities. And the whole idea of this show is to keep it positive, not only for you, but for me. So I take a little bit more time, but you, like I said before, the interviews are gonna be longer and you'll get to know more about my guests. Speaking of which, I have three wonderful guests this week again. My first guest is a uh, entertainer. She's uh, performing in now in Tenerife and has traveled through the States. My second guest is a guy that actually looked up to me when he was in, in school as a, uh, as sort of a, a protege musician and it was inspired by a workshop I did. So I feel very honored to have him on the show. And my third guest is a very special lady. She's the wife of a dear friend of mine that, and colleague that I've toured with many years ago in the jazz scene. So if you're interested in their stories, stay tuned and stay positive. My name is Eddie C. and you're listening to my positive podcast. Well, ladies and gentlemen, my first guest on the show is Samantha Tell. How you doing, Samantha? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you. Great. Now, I know that you, you know, basically you're a dancer, performer and actress, but uh, you want to tell my audience a little bit more about yourself, your roots and, you know, what you've been doing over the years, because it's, it's actually been quite a while since we had contact. It's true. That's true. OK, so I'm, I'm coming from the Netherlands. I was born in uh, Zeeland, but then um, my parents moved back to the area of Amsterdam. This is where I grew up. And I've always been a really creative kid. Ever since I, I've always been dancing. I was five. I started with classic ballet. And when I was six, I discovered ABBA. And I always wanted to be Agneta, which I kind of am now. <laughs> but we we'll get into that later. And uh, I was, I loved fame, you know, the show Fame and uh, Greece. I drove my, my, my whole family crazy because I always made shows and I was a uh, Olivia Newton, John, you know. So I was a very creative kid. Um, and then also as a teenager, um, I didn't really like school. I was, I, I just wanted to dancing and act. That was what I want to do. Um, but when I was 17, I think I had this big group of friends and they were really into soul singing and they were really, really good. So I also started to, to sing, you know, and I remember the first time I performed for a big group of people was with a friend of mine, a really good singer. And I was singing the same song that you sing, Baby Come To Me. And I was so nervous. <laughs> I, I think I really squeezed, squeezed, squeezed the hand of, of the friend of mine because he was holding my hand, you know. And when I, after like high school in Holland, you call it, it's like, how you, yeah, I think this is how you can explain it in English. I went, um, I wanted to go to the School of Performing Arts 
but I was too young. So I first they did the Mayo, which is like middle economic administrative education, which was like for a creative person, really, really like boring, but I did it. But next to it, I went to um, uh, the Afro had a department. The Afro is like um, a Dutch television channel. Yeah, right. One of the networks. Yes. And it had like for people from 15 to 25, a department to learn everything about TV, radio, um, dancing classes, acting classes. So this was for me heaven. <laughs> All right. So yeah, so that was like my my background when I when I grew up. Only all I wanted to do was singing, dancing, acting, you know. Oh well. And your parents have been behind you the whole time. They backed you up with your dream. My parents are lovely. They never they they're not really creative. Although my my, I think I have I have some from both of them because my father even he was a, now he's retired, but he was a, a, a teacher in sports in school. Uh, right. but he was always very um, funny when he was teaching, and even I. Well, you lived in Holland. Uh, I teached him um, some song of love, 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 love. That was the song, like Casanova. Such a Casanova. Oh yeah, the group, the three, the three ladies. Yes, yeah. I remember them. I played on some of their records, so. Uh, okay, <laughs> so you know, and I teach the whole choreography and everything, and he performed it with a colleague on school. So I think I have a little bit of that from my dad, and my mom. She just loves music. She loves musicals and everything. So we went a lot to the theater because my mom loved that. So even though it was not their profession, they always did. Yeah, they support support me, but they didn't really think like you can make money of that. It's a nice hobby, but you have to have a serious job. <laughs> you know, a, back, a, back, a backup plan. You have to have a backup plan. Yeah, yeah. That's what that's that's my father always used to tell me. Yeah. Eddie, you have to have a backup plan. Yeah. On the other hand, I still believe that when you have that talent, the raw talent, and you work on it and you develop it, and you surround yourself with the right people to help you develop your talent, you can, you can get pretty far. A lot of things have changed now in the business because of the social media that we have nowadays. Because if you go back some years mm -hmm. before we had all of the, you know, the smartphones and the, the computer recordings and the streaming, you know, you had to, it was a hard business because in order to get noticed on television, you had to first work and get people to see you live. And then when you became more popular, that's when you got on television, but it seems to have had a complete flip side because nowadays people go on television to become popular and then they go into the the country to perform. And a lot of times they discover the real world is not the same as it was on television. Uh-huh. That's so true. I totally agree with you. Yeah. And, and I think nowadays also with YouTube and well, Facebook, what you said, um, it's very easy to put yourself out there and to, to be seen and in the I grew up like in the in the eighties, you know, eighties, nineties, and then yeah, you had to go 
to auditions and to let people sh see you and everything. Well, you still have to go to auditions, but it's still, it's now easier. You know, you can start your YouTube channel and whatever, you know? So yeah, this, this is true. So you started to do your whole acting career and your singing career when you went to the network uh, to work for them so that they gave you your basis to work from. But you also mentioned to me that you went to the States for a while. Can you tell us something about that? Yes. After um, the Mayo, when I finished, um, I I just, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a traveler. And I was like, okay, now I just, I have to, I have to leave. And I heard about this thing being au pair. And till 26 years old, you would get a visa to go to the United States. So I went there as an au pair. And I remember the first four days we had like this orientation in New York City. And our hotel was like one street behind Broadway. So I, I remember that was my first experience of the United States. I, I landed on Kennedy, Kennedy Airports, I think it was. And then... I was on Broadway and it was such an amazing experience. And then I was one, yeah, I was almost one year there and I took a lot of dance classes and uh, I, I, I loved it. It was heaven for me. I loved America. And then um, a few years later, I went again to Chicago, but then it was not such a good experience as an au pair again. Um, but it gave me some good things because I had my first camera acting classes and I loved it. You know, I was like, this is what I wanted to do. All right. And then in 2009, I went to Los Angeles. But what inspired me was I started to do hip hop classes. I, I, I was always a dancer, but I, did, I started to do hip hop and street dance in the beginning of 2000 because a friend of mine, he used to be background dancer of Tony Scott and King B. And he started a street dance school. And he okay. took me then one day to the National Hip Hop um, uh, Street Dance Championship of, of the Netherlands. And I remember there was one um, choreographer but I was not from the hip hop world, so I had no idea, um, you know, who was who. And there was this guy who had the same name as you. It was Eddie Morales. And he was background dancer of um, Justin Timberlake and Mary, Marie Carey and a lot of, you know, other. A lot, a lot of well-known American artists, yeah. Okay. And um, kind of like I was not a freestyler, but in the end of the class, he went doing like the freestyling. And I was like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not hip hop, you know, and I'm not a freestyler. And I did in the end. And it was such a um, spiritual experience. It was so liberated, you know, and he was so cool. And later we talked and he said, oh, you should, uh, if you love this class, you should take classes of Marty Kudelka, who is the choreographer of Justin Timberlake. And then I started to take a lot of dance classes in uh, moves who did a lot of uh, um, the choreographers did a lot of television programs, the dancing and everything. But they took all the choreographers of America for workshops, and that inspired me. Like I want to go to LA. I had no idea how, but I was like, I want to go there. So I had dancing classes uh, from Kenny Wormald, who did a remake of Footloose, the actor, and. Um, well, a lot of a lot of the dances of Justin Timberlake, and then was I want to go to LA, 
And then I had this opportunity because my aunt wants to come to Holland and she went to my house. It was like the movie holiday. And I went to Los Angeles in her house and I went to take all these dance classes in like Millennium and, and Debbie Reynolds, where all the big artists also dance. And it was for me like a dream come true. Uh, so I was like, sure, you know, an average dancer between the most amazing dancers of the world. But I didn't care. I was like, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. I'm in Los Angeles. And then when I was in Los Angeles, I also somehow I bumped into this um, open day for actors. And then um, I went there and I met some casting directors also. And I met this woman who gave uh, acting classes and she was really, really, really good. And so this was for me an experience an amazing experience uh, in Los Angeles and every day something happened. I think because my mind was like, what kind of exciting things going to happen today? Um, so in one day I went to have some lunch in Malibu because I love Malibu, which I just love to drive there. And I met a really friendly guy um, who was sitting next to me. We were talking about life and music. And then at one moment I said, oh, have you ever been to Amsterdam? And he said like, yeah, I've been touring. I said, oh, are you in a band or something? He said, yeah, I don't know if you know the band Chicago, but I'm the drummer of the band Chicago. So this was Tristan. All right. <laughs> and he's, I'm still in contact with him because he's such a lovely um, down to earth guy. Uh, so this was my experience in LA, you know, it was like um, I was in the, in the flow. I was so much in the flow, you know, uh, also visiting um, sitcoms because I, I, I always wanted to, to, I was a big Friends fan. So I ended up visiting um, sitcoms and it, this also was for me a great experience how to, how they filmed it. Uh, right, right. Oh, so yes, this was my experience in, 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 in America. And I loved, yeah, I love, love, I love Los Angeles. I just really, really love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So you were in Los Angeles, but you mentioned also at one point that you went to Virginia, which is the state I was born in, in fact. Tell me a little bit about that. Um, well, it was my first experience in such a big country. Um, I think Virginia is, is beautiful. It's really green and, um, but yeah, it was like really warm in the summer and it was really cold in the winter. Uh, but I think it was beautiful. It was really, really beautiful. And I was really with a really nice family. Um, I'm still in contact with them. They're actually now in Alaska. Wow. <laughs> Yes, a whole different place, yes. And uh, I've also the boys, they're now big boys, you know, it's, it's, and it's really nice because they were so young. There was They were like a baby and a one-year-old and now they're all growing up and they're really nice boys. And the man, he was like a pilot, but he would like buy uh, airplanes from uh, Europe or whatever, little airplanes, and then he would fly them, Okay, you know? Uh, so one day we went to visit, this was a great experience also for me, uh, to his family in North Carolina. So we went with this little, little, little airplane 
um, I had one kid on one side and one kid on the other side between, you know, on, on the back, but it was such a beautiful experience because the sun was going down and when we landed, you know, um, because normally in a, in a plane, you don't see that, uh, you should not be afraid for flying because then it's not a good experience. But for me, I know I've, I've, I've been on some of those small planes because flying to from at the time flying with the, the, the airplane from out Danville when they still had little airports, uh-huh. you know, in, in a lot of the places, a lot of the small airports have closed now. But I remember flying from uh, Danville, Virginia, you know, to uh, to, you know, to get back to New York or to fly, you know, fly to Chicago. We had those smaller planes and, you you know, that that was quite an experience because they were little planes. Uh-huh. And then. I've been a couple of times on the real small planes uh-huh. and that was, uh, you, you should not be afraid to fly. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> because it is like a fly, right? It's, I, for me, it's, it's right. a liberating feeling. I just, I just, I, I think it was one of the most uh, happy feelings I had in my life, especially because it was so beautiful that the sun went down, you know, and the colors in the sky and it made me feel like, like a like a bird, you know. It made me really feel like a bird. I I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So then you went to Virginia for a yeah. while to you know to work with these people who take care take care of their kids. But then at a certain point, you ended up in Tenerife. How did you go from New York to Virginia to L.A. to end up in Tenerife? Uh, that's that's quite a hop, skip, and a jump. I know. Well. To tell you the truth, um, if I, if now somebody knocks on my door and said, um, I got a job for you in America, I would go, I would say goodbye Tenerife, you know? So Tenerife is like my second, but very good choice. And um, it's the Canary Islands are lovely. They're very beautiful. It's like paradise here. Uh, But I went in 1996 on holiday for the first time here. And I didn't see a lot then yet, but I was like, wow, it was Christmas and it was such a nice weather, you know, and I just fell in love with with the island. And I I already wanted to move here, but somehow, you know, you know, life, it, 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 it wasn't a time. I really believed that. I believed everything is timing. And it took, so it took me a while in 2017, I finally, finally took the step to come here. I took one suitcase. I think if I come back now, I need three suitcases. <laughs> but then I had one suitcase <laughs> and I had no idea. I just knew that um, I just wanted to, to maybe sing here. I didn't know, maybe temporarily do something different. So I just came here. I had no apartment. I didn't know anybody. I just... I just came, you know, and then... Did you speak the language? A little bit. I, 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 uh, I had in school Spanish, but I didn't pay so much attention because somehow at that moment I was not really, you know... Interested was, in it. No, it was at the Mayo, I remember. Um, so I had some basics, um, but no, I didn't really speak speak the language. Luckily here in the, in the South... Um, you, well, it's good if you speak Spanish, but for your work, you mostly have to speak um, English. And in my case, Dutch is really good or German, you know. So Okay, but so you speak fluent German as well. Uh, 
yes, well, yeah. <laughs> but maybe not fluently, but I, I speak and it's actually funny because I'm casted for a German TV uh, series. So it's, it's kind of, I need to speak German. Uh, but don't, I don't really know yet because they also wanted me to know if I spoke Spanish. So maybe I have to speak a little bit English, uh, Spanish, and then, then German. So I feel, I, I know my name of the character, All right. um, of the role, but I, for the rest, I haven't seen the script yet or anything. So I'm in the dark there. <laughs> okay. Well, you never know. I mean, it's, it's, it's always good to be multilingual. I, I wish I would have learned a few more languages because I've, you know, traveled a lot as well in my career. German, I, I can understand quite well, but I don't really speak it, you know, but if I'm there for a couple of days, I'm kind of like able to blend in knowing what they're saying because it's yeah. very close to the Dutch language, of course. I speak Dutch fluently, uh, of course. But I mean, yeah, well, with an American accent, I mean, you say, like I always say, you can take the boy out of the country, but you can't take the country out of the boy, right? <laughs> okay, that's cool. That's cool. I like that. So like how long have you been in Tenerife now? Since 2017. All right. I'm a, I'm a resident. <laughs> and so, uh, yes, yes. I'm Spanish now. <laughs> So you still have a Dutch nationality, but you're just a resident of the like like I have here in Belgium, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. There's a lot of discounts with traveling and things like that. And we get discounts on all the parks in you know, entertainment parks. So it's good to be a resident. Yeah. <laughs> so you're as a as a performer, you're you have you mentioned something about you have this sort of uh ABBA combination that you do together with a colleague and your colleague is also from Holland or is she coming from a different country? Uh, she's from Hungary. She's from Hungary. Wow. Okay. When you all are communicating with each other, you're speaking in English. I, I take, yes. I think. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. She, she's, uh, she speaks, she speaks good English. So uh, we speak in English. Yes. <laughs> I don't okay. speak good so English. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your whole thing around the show. You have this obvious show. Are you performing with a band? Are you working with a tape? Or you want to want to tell us some more about that? Oh gosh, it would be wonderful to play with a band. That would be amazing. I love live music, you know. But uh, no, we we have the backing tracks. Uh, but we did um, sing our backing vocals because she's very good in producing music. Um, because she also made it, make, makes her own, writes her own music and everything. Uh, so yes, uh, we use backing tracks with our own voices on there, the, our own, most of it. Maybe a few months, most of it is our own voices. And then we go on stage and then we... Perform live. Yes, we perform live. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Our show is a little bit a mix I like to make it a little bit a mix of the movie, like Mamma Mia, of the, the musical, and then a tribute. So we're not like try to be really exactly like Agneta Nanifrit. We try okay. to make it our own. You, you give your own identity to it, and you, yeah. you make the songs. Yeah. You take the songs. You give tribute to the songs, but with your own identity yeah. to it, right? Yes. Oh, that's 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 wonderful. And how is the public there? Because I know I've been to Tenerife, I think twice, also to perform 
uh, with a big band, but that was with New Year's some years ago. And the other time I was there was also actually both times were with, were with uh, bands. So it's uh, it's very lovely, very lovely to be in Tenerife. It's a nice place to visit, a very nice place to visit. And the weather, yeah, yes, that's uh, that hot weather is really cool, you know. <laughs> Especially in the winter, I love it in the winter. You know, uh, I think in the winter is it's it's so weird that it's like you're spending Christmas in your bikini on the beach. You know, um, that's really. I love that. that. That's really wonderful. Um, but yeah, I like I like the audience. You know, there's lots of nationalities. This is what I love. You know, I like I like so much all kind of different cultures. And of course, um, because we are like one of the highest um, holiday places in you know in Europe. Of course, um, there's so much nationalities, and I I love it. You know, it's 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 from East Europe, West Europe, but also from other countries, and I love it. Yes, I think the audience is it's really especially. I must say, the English are the best, the best audience. You know, they're very uh, uh, enthusiastic, and the other cultures are a little bit more uh, reserved. You know, okay. once we're in the middle. Show they, they they get warmed up, but it's a little bit harder. The English are from the first song you sing, you know, they're right. like, yeah. It could also be because it's all you're singing in English, so it's easier for them to relate to, so they can play a role as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I think I don't know. I think their mentality is more like from the beginning, like and the others need to warm up a, a little bit, you know. So, because uh, yeah, yeah, I like I like I like the different cultures. A lot. I've got one more question to ask you before I let you go, which is our theme. And our theme for this particular show is about flow. And my question to you is not only what does flow mean to you, but what does it mean for you? For me, flow, uh, I love the word flow, actually. Um, I, I Because I had been to America, I introduced it to my friends in Holland and they were like, flow, flow, what are you talking about? You know, so I, I explained it to them because I was using it a lot. But uh, in that time, um, I was not so conscious yet. But if, if I would explain... If I would explain flow now, I think this is our natural um, being. If we would not think so much, you know, or being our own way, we would be all the time in the flow. I think um, life should be like in the flow, but we are uh, somehow because of our fears or insecurities or whatever, we, we stop the flow or you know, whenever we think we're not good enough or whatever. And we I actually stopped, stopped our natural flow. I think life is like a, a river and we, we stopped that river with our own, just what I say, we do it. So, uh, yeah, to me, flow is um, happiness, love, connection, um, Lights, you know, that all this, 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 uh, higher, um, yeah, um, frequencies or whatever. This, that's for me, flow, flow. <laughs> I love it. I, I love it. It's one of my favorite Already. words, flow. <laughs> 
Okay. Well, listen, I would I love to thank you for coming on the show and sharing your story with me, with, with the audience. And who knows, maybe we'll see each other one day when you're up this way again or when I'm get the opportunity to go to Tenerife. Yeah. I'll definitely let you know. You know, we'll get together, make some music. That would be lovely. <laughs> that sounds amazing. That sounds amazing. Yes, I, I love your voice. I love what you have been doing in your life, you know. So that would be a great opportunity. <laughs> I love to uh, make some music and create some flow. <laughs> And you can show me some of those fancy dance steps of yours. (laughs) (laughs) I will. I will. will. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. And a lot of love and positivity your way. Same from here. From here. From from Tenerife. (laughs) Okay. Okay. As they say in Spanish, hasta la vista. (laughs) Hasta la vista. (laughs) I think, I think Arnold Schwarzenegger has been using that a lot, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. You take care of yourself and a lot of love to you. you okay. Bye-bye. This is My Positive Podcast with Eddie C. Well, ladies and gentlemen, my next guest is a very dear buddy of mine. Uh, musically, uh, he actually, I think, saw me performed many years ago when he was still in high school. And according to him, he was saying that uh, because of the performance he saw with me, that he was kind of inspired to go on as a musician, which I take as a very great honor. And anyway, he'll tell you more about himself. Please welcome Mr. Evo Stauffenberg. Hey, Evo, how you doing, buddy? Hello. Yes, Eddie. Yes, I'm doing fine. Are you? I'm doing quite well. I can't complain. Okay. Can't complain. Okay, great. It's great to see you, man, and uh, yeah. always nice to be around you when we're performing. This po- yeah, we always have all this positive energy thing, and you know, yeah. unfortunately, we don't get to play as much as we we like to. But that'll come back again, I think, in yeah, the future. That will come back, yeah, yeah. So, Evil, can you tell my listeners uh, uh, some things about you? Because I know, of course, a whole lot about you because of our, our years working together, uh, especially when we uh, met each other uh, again after about. It was some seven years, seven, eight years ago when we yeah, first yeah, yeah, yeah. had contact again. And you told me the, the little, you know, the story about uh, your student time. And I was yeah. I was completely blown away to hear that, you know, <laughs> it yeah, made me it was, blush, it, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's really true because I I was then born in, in Rotterdam. But as a little baby, my parents went to Brabant. That's in the south of Holland, close to Belgium. And my father and my uncle they built uh, they built a camping which is still uh, still uh, working the camp is still uh, going on mm-hmm. and uh, then I grew up in in Brabant in a little village in the, in the neighborhood of Bergen op Zoom and then I went to uh, the high school and yes there was not much going on in that time in the in the early 80s in in, in brabant you know and then uh, yeah and then there was some kind of a, a performance at the school right. i was about 13 14 years old and then there was a black american guy from the united states that we <laughs> who sang the blues and, and he, he was lying on the floor i remember that and and we were all so much touched and uh, yeah that really uh, that moved me a lot and uh, to to make music and and years later i i met this man again it was eddie eddie Connor. yes 
Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, that was really uh, because yeah, we, we, of course, I, you are so much from the '80s for me, like like uh, like uh, Al Jarreau and George Benson, and I listen to these guys every day still, and uh, yeah, it's so much inspiring to make music with you because I feel that music, you know. Uh, well, those guys were a big influence in my in my musical, uh, let's say, motivation as well. You know, of course, I, yeah, I can hear that. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, and and I had the honor to to not only meet Al and uh, but work with him as well. You know, uh, for a television yes, program. Yes, I know. Yeah. So that was uh, that was uh, one of the high points. Uh, actually, I have a photo of it, photo of him and me uh, sitting on my mantle here in my apartment. And so, yeah. you know, that's that's great memory. So, Pity he's gone. He uh, was a real real inspiration. It was a real inspiration. Yeah. Not only for yeah. me, but I think for a lot of for a lot of yeah. I still listen to him every day, every single day. Yes. Oh wow! So, so that's so nice to work with you. So the the music <laughs> is still alive. You know, we are right, still alive. Buddy. Yeah, and, uh, but we're this show today is about you, my friend. So oh, I want to know. I want to know more about you know, and, and my listeners as well. We want to know more about how did your whole life take off in the musical direction and become a professional. Yeah, that is really a little bit funny because I always wanted to to be a musician, and I already started to play for people uh, to to perform when I was about twelve. I, I I just started to I played I started to play when I was eight eight years old and then uh, in that time there was a lot of parties going on in in Brabant and and weddings and uh, so my father thought yeah well we have some nice parties. why don't you go and play and and I, yeah I just started to work really as a professional when I was twelve years old really wow. and that time there was a lot of work to do so I played a couple of times every week and. Uh, yeah, then later I went to study law because I'm officially a lawyer. Uh, oh, and wow. I graduated in law. And uh, But then I thought, no, that's not what I'm going to do. So uh, that's why I'm really a musician by heart. You know, I really do it because I really love it. And it doesn't uh, pay much money all, all the time, as you know. But uh, it's not uh, the easiest job to do. But yeah, it, the, the high the high points, how you say that the nice things are so great to, to to. And I traveled a lot, met a lot of people like yourself, and I traveled to, to New York to 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 be a part in the black gospel scene. I, I went to 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 to. Uh, um, uh, Rio de Janeiro to 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 know how the samba, you know, and and yeah, it traveled a lot and met a lot of people, and that is so much inspiring. So after the law study, I, I study, I, I knew for sure it's only it's only one thing I'm gonna do that's make music the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, well, you well you mentioned some places, you know, some of the places that you traveled. Um, I know in your music there's a lot of uh, Latin influence. And how is how did that come about? Yeah, is that something that you already as a child was interested in? Yeah, I always had something with uh, with rhythm. That's uh, yeah, I, I always liked rhythm and 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 congas and African beats and uh, so yeah. And and as a p piano player, at first I was an organ player really. But later, I uh, yeah, I heard those Latin American music from Cuba, from uh, uh, the Caribbean islands, and, uh, and and Brazil. Of course, it's it's different kind of music. But 
And uh, yeah, and uh, I always liked it. I listened to it a lot. And then I, I I studied a little bit about how that music works and played with the people from over there. That's always the best to do, of course, as, as, you, as you know. To play with the real people, that's the best uh, uh, right. lesson you can get. And uh, yeah. So, and I tried to mix all those influences I had, like the gospel, like uh, 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 Brazilian music, Cuban music, uh, blues, pop. Because I started when I was 12 in, in, a, mm-hmm. in a, a band and we sung uh, native yeah, pop, yeah. as it is called. So it's pop right. music in the Dutch language, but it was a particular style in that time. Right. That, uh, the band Dumar, popular, which was the popular most Dutch band. Uh, uh, right. Popular band we ever had in Holland. It's like the Beatles, but then in Holland. And uh, yeah, so, and uh, that is also a part that I, uh, uh, lately I have uh, done again, that I write a lot of songs and lyrics in, in the Dutch language. So I combine the music from all over the world with the Dutch lyrics, which is very, uh, yeah, un- how do you say? It's not very common. But yeah, it's a very particular style. I know we've done some gigs and you've taken a song yeah. that that with normally had English lyrics to it. And you put some Dutch lyrics yeah. to it as you were singing and playing your piano and uh, and do it quite well. It, uh, uh, yeah, I started with translations from uh, the, the famous songs. It was a, a homage really to the the uh, like the songs of Al Jiro or, or Charles Aznavour of, or uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I try. Yeah, it would be funny to do this in Dutch. Yeah, it's not possible. It doesn't mm-hmm. sound very, you know, I thought it, it wouldn't work out anyway. Right. But then I, I found a way that sometimes it works out and, then, and I played it for people and they re- actually liked it. Mm-hmm. And then I did a, a competition in Belgium a, a couple of years ago uh, to, to try out these songs. There were translations from, mm-hmm. from well-known American or French songs, or, and, and I did them in Dutch. Let's see how the Belgians, they're really critical of maybe, how they like it. But they actually liked it. So I, I won the competition. Oh, and so I started to really write my own songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and yeah, I write a song almost every day. I'm writing and writing and writing and writing. It's so fun to do. So uh, I combine all those musical influence. I listen to music from all over the world. And then I try to find a lyric in, in Dutch with right. a nice sound, which is not always so easy in our language. But <laughs> so that's the challenge. Yeah, well, you do a great job. Like I said, I've heard you, I've, you know, not only uh, we, you know, we've done gigs together where you done some of those songs and it, it always yeah. works works quite well with the public especially yeah. uh, when it's a full dutch public or or flemish public it works quite well yeah. but you're also a fantastic uh pianist and jazz pianist and uh, you have a couple of groups i know one of your groups is called uh brajazol which is uh i i play in sometimes with you and yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. that's a great that's a that's a, always a fun gig because that's but that's in the jazz yeah, circuit yeah. for the large part you, yeah. you know tell tell yes, our listeners yes. a little bit more about that how that group got started and yeah everything. and that's a project i try to combine uh, like we uh, talked before like my latin american influences in in the piano playing brazilian influence but i i really really like to combine them with American influences, uh, 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 jazz and blues and soul. So that's why I like you very much to participate in this project because you know how to play all those styles. And you sing, of course, the great uh, American soul and jazz. You have, uh, And that's why that was the combination I was looking for all the, all the, all those time, all the time. 
So uh, because yeah, it, it's, I like to mix things up to 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 put things a little bit out of the ordinary, uh, yeah, out of the usual. And that it, it tries to put that in one name, but it's not possible. Raja Soul is Brazil, jazz, soul, but it's more than that. It's also Cuba, uh, 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 France. Uh, yeah, I, I combine a lot of styles in, uh, and, and really try to combine them in one song, in one uh, it's quite yeah. a coincidence because yeah. you have your your Brajazol and I have, of course, my my company name, which is called Jazzol Music, which is which is a, which is basically yeah. based on the same thing, same thing, jazz, pop, soul, Latin. Yeah. And course, uh, yeah. so it's funny when we were talking about the names, I said, wow, <laughs> names are pretty close yeah. to each other. <laughs> you know, only you, you, you have yours yeah. with a double yeah. Z and I just use the one Z in the. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's true. Yeah. Well, uh, outside of that, yeah. you're you're teaching uh, at um, at a music school. I think that it's my own music school. There is no school, uh, so it's my own because I have my own methods and my own way of working. All right. Uh, yeah, because I uh, I don't work too much with uh, with uh, notes and 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 reading music. No. Uh, even if, if if somebody starts with me, even if it's five year old, I say, "What do you want to play? What is the music you like the most?" Okay. And that's what we're gonna do right away. So, uh, and of course, they learn the, the theory and and the te techniques, but they they're doing exactly uh, what they actually like, and that's why they make a big progress usually. In uh, so yeah. And, well, that's uh, that's always the key, man. You have to do what yeah. you like. And when you do what you like and enjoy, you're going to definitely, uh, pro, you know, progress quite fast uh, because it's 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 coming from out the heart. That's, you know, that's always yeah. been my yeah, concept, you know. But it's not so easy to uh, uh, a lot of, yeah, that, uh, that they can come with every song they want and we're mm -hmm. going to play it. So mm -hmm. I, as a teacher, have to be able, of course, to make, to, to, to listen to it and that, and and this, so that is uh, not so easy. And uh, oh. uh, but usually, yeah, they come with songs that they hear on the radio or Spotify or whatever. And uh, but I also learn from that because they come with yeah, music from South Korea or from uh, I don't know, never heard of it. And so I learn also by that. And sometimes the children li really listen to some nice stuff from the seventies or eighties or uh, that I even don't know. And I try to to uh, challenge them to listen to other stuff too, you know. Right, right. For me, right. that's the most important uh, thing, even for myself, to listen, to always listen to what is going on, and you know that inspires. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, but, that, but that's wonderful that you're able to to take your own technique and in your you know in your music school and create. Uh, a, a different approach for kids because I think it's probably it's going to be more personal as well because it gives each kid the idea that they have their own personal way of learning because yeah, of, of course because, yeah. of, because of the and all my lessons are very different from from each other the, the, with with everybody I do really different stuff and things in a different way. That's quite a unique yeah. approach. That's, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. very nice because you, you used to work at a music school for a while. If no, I'm not, not oh, really. I no. thought. Oh, I thought that you said no. that you. Yeah, I call it a music, but it's my own musical school. It's Evo's Piano School. <laughs> okay, all right, yeah. okay. So, but you never, you never did any teaching at the at some of the other schools uh, beforehand. No, no, not not uh, no, not on a regular basis. No. 
Okay. I always did my own thing in my playing, but also in my teaching. Okay. So people right. like it or they don't like it. And sometimes it happens too. Now, okay, that's okay too. You right. know, right. usually right. when we meet, we right away know if it's going to work out or not. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. okay. Well, what are some of the other projects that you're doing outside of Brajazol, Brajazol and your teaching? What else are you doing uh, at the moment? Yeah, the most uh, uh, for me is the Braja Soul. It's like the international part. And I have the what I call NL Soul. We talked about that. Mm -hmm. That is writing my own songs. For me, at this moment, is of course very much important because, yeah, like you know, we for about two years, we uh, were almost not able to play anymore as a musician. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I do try to make uh, a lot at home and writing a lot. And, uh, And uh, yeah, that's the main things I do. And what I always uh, do and have done is play black gospel music. I do that for 25 years with some great singers here. You want to tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, yeah, we, we come everywhere. So it can be in a prison or in, a, in, a, in, a, in a, like for the children that have difficulties at school. And the day after we were at television, national television or in the in the in the in the uh, uh, Johan Cruyff arena some big things you know and the day after that we play for just three people in in uh, yeah somewhere in, in a school or in, in a prison or in a, yeah we, we come everywhere to uh, let the people feel how uh, how music and 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 uh, can make you happy And it's very important in these times. And uh, you got to touch yeah. the souls, as, as they say. Yeah, Music yeah, is a great yeah. way to touch a person's soul. Yeah, sure. yeah. You know, for sure. Now, I know uh, from what you told me before, you know, you used to work a lot with, uh, with females, female singers. Uh, in a, in, and, I, and I know in, in that way, you kind of like, that was sometimes a romantic thing in, involved in the process as well. And I remember that had quite a big influence in different times of your life. And nowadays you have now a new lady in your life that uh, I know she's very nice. Yeah, I have a new lady in my life and she's all also a singer, piano player and composer. So yeah, that is really, uh, I always have been thinking in my life, you know, like would there somewhere be a, a, a female uh, Which, which is a bit like me. You know? So a female version of you. Female version of myself. <laughs> people say, ah, that's dick. But that's not what I mean. I mean, yeah, not really I'm like, teasing you. <laughs> but, and then, yeah, all of a sudden, after all these years, you met somebody who, is, who has been to Brazil for many years, like me, who, yeah, who does uh, composing, singing, and uh, uh, professionally. And, uh, yeah. So, yeah. We talk a lot about that, of course, uh, mm -hmm. all the time. And we can help each other a lot with... Uh, so that's a new, uh, new experience. But how, how, did you, how did you all meet? How did you all meet? That was like a coincidence, but for me, coincidence doesn't exist. Uh, yeah, it's difficult to translate this, but in Dutch, we say toeval, eh? toeval. Yeah. Coincidence. Right. And then you say, nee, it's geen toeval, it valt je toe. Okay. It falls upon you. It's like that. So things, yeah, if you're open to it, it alive, you know, then things happen. And it, but for us both, it felt like that. 
the powers to be brought you together. We met in a bar. Usually, we don't go to a bar. All right. She does, and me, uh, me neither. And then all of a sudden, we meet there. Uh, I was, yeah. And then you were yeah. you performing, or was she performing? No, not at all. No. Oh, wow. Okay. So it was just so, at a bar going for a drink. It was really, like a coincidence. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's like you said, this you there there people you meet you meet people for a reason, for a season, or for a lifetime. Yeah. That's you know. Yeah, like so. like us too. You know, it's, 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 it's I'm very much happy that after all these years we meet, and maybe at that point it was my time to meet you and to be able to play with you and work with you. You know, and right. yeah, it's uh, yeah. Well, for, I mean, it's it's really great because I I have I I met your met your girlfriend and and she's yeah. very very nice and, and 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 completes your whole package. If I see the two of you guys together, it's really sweet to see that man. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. she's a she's a fantastic singer. Yeah, she's a fantastic singer. She's really involved in Brazilian music. She has lived there for seven years. She has lived uh, between the Indians to really understand this music, and so she really knows uh, what it's all about in that music. And uh, yeah, that's really great, of course, for a Dutch person to really know all the repertoire and all the singers and all the styles. <laughs> and yeah, that is really, uh, yeah. And she's really, uh, how do you say, devoted. And I like that. I'm also like that, you know. Oh, that's I really that. like to go, uh, yeah, to do things serious. And uh, so, of course, we're going to work also together. But right. we, we put it a little easy. But now we're going to, I also write some duets maybe. So maybe we're going to do work, yeah. Yeah, I can hear you. I can hear your voice. She's a very warm voice. It's very easy to blend with other with male vocalists. Yeah, she always seems very. How do you say? Clear as as ever. Um, yeah, in tune. Yeah, you know. So yeah, <laughs> like no, yourself. So well, it's yeah, well, easy for me to you work. Know, you know, I hate auto pitch, man. I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> You know, sometimes technically you need to do it for a few things here and there, but basically, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. I'm I'm an old school cat when it comes to that. Yeah, you're also old school, and I like that. You know, that you really do your homework. You really know what it's all about, and, and that's also where I come from, the '80s, the '70s. It's not like uh, a, a landing backward. No, it's like yeah. We like to work. And also on a song, I work day in day out to make a song more beautiful or better. Right. And it's not uh, the modern style, but it's 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 it is my style. It's the old style. Oh, it's yeah. Evo Stalinberg <laughs> style, as we call it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Your parents have also played a major role in your supporting your over uh, in your career, uh, because I know a lot of times uh, when I've performed with you that they're always there, and that's yeah, that's wonderful to see. There. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, because when I started to play, like I told you, when I was about 12, my father always brought me to all the, the gigs and he, he brought me and collected me and we were carrying stuff, you know, because in that time we didn't have the synthesizers. So it was a big organ. <laughs> it was impossible to carry uh, uh, with big, big speakers. And uh, yeah, we were like, you know. Yeah, so uh, he was always there on on the on the performances, and uh, my mother too. And uh, yeah, I'm uh, very much happy that they're still around. And uh, so yeah, I hope we uh, get to play very soon again for people and performance. And so yeah, 
Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. that's that's, that's fantastic. That, that's 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 yeah. really fantastic. And I know your dad. Your dad really enjoys it, and your mom as well. I always, yeah. When they were at a, at a performance, you can just see them just gleaming, yeah. Yeah. and yeah. Uh, and very proud of you. I I know that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Which is which is which is a wonderful thing. Do your your parents? They don't n never played uh, themselves uh, any music. Not really, or? no. But my mother, she listened to people like Miles Davis, Jimmy Smith. Uh, and so they don't play, but uh, when I started to play, we sometimes we listen to Errol Garner or to, so they, they, yeah, they always, uh, how do you say that? They, uh, they had the influences. Yeah. They had the influences. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they, 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 yeah, they always, uh, I cannot find a word. They always, they, they support uh, you. They're always, they're Support. always, yeah, they're always yeah, that I know. And yeah. your dad, your dad, yeah. not only, not your dad is not only supporting you in that way, but he's also your driver most of the time. He yeah. used to be. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. used to be. Yeah, for Are many you, years. So because yeah, you don't, you don't have a driver's license, right? No, I don't have a driver license. I'm a musician without a driver's <laughs> license. And, and, a key, and a piano, piano, keyboard player. I almost never lost a gig. Well, that's, of that's wonderful, man. That's wonderful. And, and does, yeah. uh. Because in Holland you can do traveling by train yeah. and by uh, there's always a way to find a solution. Usually, yeah, in, this in small the small country. countries, that's true. That's true too. Well, listen, we're getting close to the la the last question, which is our theme, and it's about flow. And my question to you is, what does flow mean to you? But I also want to want to know what it means for you as well. Yeah, that is a uh, flow. Yeah, I don't really know what what you, what it means, but for me, the flow is uh, is uh, yeah the way that we make music, Eddie, huh? because we play together many times and we never rehearsed. I think we never uh, uh, that is flow, you know. And I learned it through the music, <clears throat> like the gospel music that I also do with people. We sometimes I don't even know what song we're gonna do, which song we're gonna do, or what key it is in, or whatever. And then we and 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 they call it the spirit, huh? In in the gospel we call it the spirit. So, the, 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 yeah, you, you you just let it. I, I think that's what you mean, huh? You just let it happen. And the funny thing is that uh, what I learned in the music through the music, I I, I now do in in my whole life. So I let do everything by the flow. So I don't try to worry about no corona or, or whatever is happening. Uh, because you can worry night and day if you want. And it's not going to solve anything. That's true. So, uh, yeah, for me, it's like uh, I try to live as I also make music. And, uh, yeah, for me, that's the flow. So that's a wonderful thing. And I cook also in this way nowadays. All right. I cook because I don't know what I'm buying. Sometimes the ingredients, they come from all over the world. Like I make music too. And then I throw them in the pan and then uh, let's hope that it's, it's going to be a nice <laughs> <laughs> meal. And yeah, that's my flow. Yeah, so let's hope, let's hope that it yeah. doesn't become a different kind of flow. <laughs> yeah, but you know. it usually works out. Now the nine out of 10, it's... It's great. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, well, I, I like to cook like that. You know, you cook with your senses and you make music with your yeah, senses. Yeah, your senses. That, that is for me the flow, your your instinct, your your 
Yeah, time. your sense. And of course, you got a wonderful uh, support group around you with your parents, uh, with your girlfriend. Yeah. And uh, the yeah. fact that you guys are able to to spend, because you had to spend some time separately for quite a while doing Corona because she was in Portugal at one point. Yes, she has been and, in Portugal you, for a half a year, yeah. And you, yeah. And you were here. That was a difficult time, Corona, because, yeah, no no uh, performances. And, uh, yeah, she just built up a career in the Brazilian music and no performances. I had my teaching, so I could survive anyway with the money. But yeah, we like to play and to perform for people and it gives energy and uh, it, uh, we want to share the energy, of course. And uh, also for the audience, it's terrible not to have concerts anymore. And uh, so I hope the world opens up now very soon because, uh, yeah, they, yeah we, the world needs it. We all well, need you it. can't take, you know, if you take away the music, you take away the heart and soul of, of, yeah. of what's yeah. happening, yeah. you know, because everything yeah. and for me, flow is is everything in movement, you know, the way yeah. the grass grows, the way the sky yeah. travels, it's yeah. all connected together. And music is yeah. one of those elements, together. the people that were, yeah. that are involved in our lives and stuff. That's all for me yeah. is, is a part of a flow. You're waking up in the morning and going to sleep. There's always some kind of flow that you that you kind of portray in your life. And yeah. that, as the days go by, becomes a general flow for you and, 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 and a guideline for you to continue, yeah. you know, and, and for all positivity is most important. You know, waking up with that positive yeah. mind and going to sleep with a positive mind because if you can find- Amen. Yeah, Amen. yeah well, <laughs> you know, I'm gonna tell it like it is, man. <laughs> yeah, it's true, yeah. Yeah, it takes a few years to to discover these things, Eddie. <laughs> yeah, it it, it it takes some years. Maybe. It takes some years to discover. Yeah, for me, it took a couple of years. Yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but it it yeah. you know it's it's the experiences that you go through, and of course, as you get older, you start to discover those things more and more. And speaking on that, is there some advice you would like to give young people about how to find their flow? Yeah, that is what I just told. Listen to your instincts and listen to your heart. Uh, especially not what other people might say or do say or the television that makes us fear everything around us or, you know, uh, there's a lot of going on in the social media nowadays. A lot of negativity, a lot of uh, fear, uh, hate, anger. Yeah, just get away from that. And uh, it's, it's difficult enough to listen to your heart and to try to do something positive in this world, you know? Whatever it is. For us, it's making music. It's a nice job. Uh, but there's so many good things to do in, the, in this world. Uh, but listen to your heart. Listen to, to yeah. Well, like I, I just said, and to your instincts, that's also very important. Sometimes you feel I shouldn't go that way, but, and then your mind starts, yeah, but, 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 but. Yeah. It's like uh, Stephen Wonder saying about very superstitious. It's a little bit that, you know, we, it's always a mind that makes us try to, to take the wrong way and don't listen to that. Uh, especially nowadays, there's a lot of drugs going on, even in this country, you know, it's incredible what is happening. So stay away from all that, and uh, because it's not necessary. There's, there is still a lot of good things going on, and to, to, uh, to live, you know, uh, and uh, watch a little bit less to the television and to the media and stuff like that. Maybe that's a good advice. Put your telephone away sometimes in your television and, you know, and meet people, meet people. Yeah. 
go back to the natural basics, yeah. man. And yeah. most of all, respect. Respect. And most of yeah, all, respect, respect. Because that's that's something, uh, respect for yourself and yeah, respect yeah. for others. That's the most yeah. important, uh, one of the most important elements, I think, uh, which is what we seem to be losing because of, because of a lot of the social media. Of course, it has yeah. its good sides because it brings us yeah, together it has, to yeah. this interview, for that's, example. But only uh, there, there are downsides where it's we've created in certain ways a sort of individualistic yeah, really. society. Because everybody is able to just drown themselves in their bubble, own little yeah. bubble. And, but don't forget the human element is yeah. the most important thing. Yeah. The human element, you they know, should write a song about survive. that, Eddie. <laughs> yeah, I actually did that. <laughs> yeah, it's of course. Title I, of my <laughs> I always love to play that song. So, uh, yeah. 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 Well, Evo, it has been a yeah. pleasure as always, you know, whether, whether we're making music yeah, together really, or sitting really, really. and, you know, Talk about talking, life. it's, it's yeah. always fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, I know we're not living that far from each other and in Holland, the, the situation is a little bit different than it is here in Belgium. We're, we have a little bit more slack as far as the Corona rules are concerned. And they're slowly starting to get that better in Holland. So that's, that's a good thing. And, you know, who knows, maybe in the next couple of months we'll be able to uh, get out there and make some nice music, whether it's... Uh, oh, yes, I'm uh, looking very much forward to that, yeah. But you look you look great, Eddie. Somehow you look better and better and better. I don't know what you're doing, but uh, you take uh, very good care of yourself. So just, that's just, important. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 positive yeah. lifestyle, positive lifestyle, buddy. Yeah. That's what it's all about, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just having a positive lifestyle. That's That's what it's about. Not worrying about... Uh, the no. things that have to come or wake up in the morning. I'm, I'm always grateful every day I wake up. I'm, you know, even when the weather is bad, if it's raining or, uh, you know, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to take that as a negative thing. I say, well, okay, it's raining. Maybe I should get out there and walk in there raining, appreciate the fact that, yeah. you know, the plants are getting water and that uh, I'm able to, to see that every yeah, day is a true. gift. Every day is a gift, you know, and, yeah. and, and this is a gift being able yeah, to see and is. talk to you yeah. again, man, and, and touch base. And it, eventually we'll get to make some more music together. So all of the little things, man, all of the little things, what we what we put in our body, what we how we think, how we feel, the people that we surround ourselves with. Yeah, for me, that's, that's all about flow. Yeah. And 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 a positive flow is the most important thing one can have to it is to prosper. Amen, Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> What a wisdom. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, well, yeah me too. Yeah. I'm learning every day. <laughs> learning every day. Well, listen, I, I'd like to like to thank you so much. Please give my best regards to, yeah, to uh, yeah. I give my best regards to her yeah. and of course to you to uh, your parents. My yeah. parents. Yes. Get them, would, get them all yes. three of them a big hug for me. And we will definitely uh, see each other very soon in the near future. See you too soon. I'm looking forward to it, Eddie. Yeah. All right. And, yeah, it always makes me happy to see you and hear you and then uh, makes me always smile. So, all right. I know that you've got to, you've got a lesson coming up soon. So you have yeah, to drive I have some to, working your, to, to do sometimes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, it's a, I always say it's like working, working on your hobby. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to, I, I worked once on a cruise ship. And uh, then I, I was talking with, with some of the, the people working there and uh, and uh, what kind of work do you do? I, I, I'm the musician. I'm, so music is not work, they say. 
but it is work. Yeah. But we do it with our heart. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, I would say it's 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 working our pump of joy. That's what I call it. You know. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, you take very good care of yourself, man, and definitely, and man, and, and a lot of love to you all, brother. Okay. Yeah, you too, Eddie. Very nice to see and hear and speak to you again. Okay. Yes, to you too, Eddie. Alrighty, and see you soon. All right. Take care, buddy. All right. Bye bye. Okay. Bye bye. This is my positive podcast with Eddie C. Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, I'm back with my next guest, and she's a very dear friend of mine. I worked with her husband for years on recordings. Uh, he's a fantastic guitarist, and it was back in the days when we were all a lot younger. Although, if I see her now, she hasn't changed a bit. Uh, please welcome my next guest, Miss Petra Beckers. Hello, hello, Eddie. Nice to talk Hi. to you. Very nice. How really. are you? It's been. I'm fine. I'm fine. I have a. I had a week, weekend with photo shoots, so I was really tired. But now seeing you makes me feel much better. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that makes my day. Yeah, well, it, friend, it's always it, nice, or not? Absolutely, absolutely. Yes. I remember those days. That's coming to, to see you all in, in Germany with the band and, you know, you preparing lunch and everything for everybody while, while we yes. were playing. It was a wonderful, nice wonderful memory. time. Nice yeah, memories. Nice memory. and, yeah. and a lot has changed. And now you, you guys have moved to Amsterdam now and you're living there and you've taken a whole new career on, which we'll hear about later on in our interview. But, um, you know, can you tell my listeners, of course, I know a lot about you, but my listeners don't. So can you give my listeners a little bit of background about you, you know, where you're originally from and, and in fact, how you ended up in Amsterdam? Yeah, so I was born in Germany, really in the industrial part of Germany, right in the middle in Essen, which at that time was uh, full with coal mining. And uh, um, I... Um, not coming from a rich family, so I did not grow up in the rich parts of the Ruhrgebiet in Germany. But uh, I didn't know any better, and I liked it. What I had, or even yeah, also when I was very young, I always knew that I wanted to see the world, you know, that, that I wanted to go out of the place where I grew up. Not that I hated the place, but I thought there must be more. And I was always interested in art um, and in literature, which was not a topic in our family. So they were very, um, they were workers. So I don't know where that comes from, but it was there. Maybe it's our generation also. Uh, so I went to an art school um, when I was 17. And I had to, the intention to become an artist. But instead of becoming an artist, I became pregnant when I was 17. <laughs> well, that's art as well. <laughs> A different kind of art, but it is art. Uh, and uh, I'm still with the father of my daughter. That's Chris, Chris Beckers, the guitar player you mentioned. And that's from where I know you. And um, he made music at that time already. And even though I was very young, I was sure uh, if I want to stay with that man, I never, I, I must make it possible that he can stay with his music. So I don't know why, where it came from that I was so wise to realize that. Right. And, it, and 
it was not hard for me to do that decision because I really, I really love music. I'm not a musician, but maybe I have a musician's heart and I love musicians and uh, it was the life that I wanted. So I said, you can uh, always stay with your music and I will not claim anything from you. Right. And that was how we did our role and said, well, one artist in the family is enough. Mm-hmm. So I decided to do something different and uh, I had to leave the art school that was that in, in, in these times. Uh, and um, yeah, had a rock and roll life, had jobs that survived. I worked in, uh, in, in, uh, in places where I would not want to have my daughter or my granddaughter to work <laughs> <laughs> with drug addicts. And I had a gun, uh, in, in, um, in my, um, in my pockets because okay. there were really crazy people among that. I never had anything with drugs. I was really clean all my life. I do not even drink alcohol. But that was a place where I got a little bit more money than in other places. Right. <laughs> so this is how we did it. This is how we started. Yeah. Wow. And um, I'm, I'm very proud that we are still together. Well, but Chris is a great, Chris is a great guy. We always, we yes. always had a wonderful time working together and, yes. and it's, uh, it's always nice to, uh, to see and talk with them and it's sort of, Talent, very talented musician and, and technician as well. Yeah, and I could uh, develop my creative side together with him. He was um, making music. Um, after a while, I, I realized that I was quite good in what you call promotion. So I, actually, that's not much more than selling. I realized I can sell. So um, I did the promotion for him. I went to all the radio stations and TV stations in Germany, introduced his music when he had an album out. Um, And at that time, you really could live from from that. That's a long time ago. No musician can do that anymore now. But at that time, you really could make a living out of his music, even though it is not a commercial music, it is instrumental music. But they used it a lot for for films uh, or as trailers. And also in Germany, you have programs uh, for jazz and where where he played his music on a regular basis. Yeah, well, we there was some one some great times, really great times. Yeah, and, and, and when he had his albums out. Um, he recorded it at home. We had a recording studio in our in our sleeping room. You, I think you know that. <laughs> I know that studio. Yeah. <laughs> you were there. I've been there, yes. <laughs> so we had a sleeping room. The sleeping room was the recording room and we uh, slept in another room, which it was tiny, just big enough to... Uh, to have our bed in it and our daughter had a better room than we had for our uh, sleeping room. And yeah, I enjoyed it. All the musicians uh, coming to our home. And as you said, I was cooking for them. And um, when Chris had a live gig, I tried to be there too. Absolutely. And that was a really good time that we had. Yeah, those were, those were, those were wonderful times. And uh, that was actually one of the questions was you, you spent a lot of time, uh, supporting him and 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 being there, almost more or less like uh, like an, an extra member of the band. In fact, but you were like the yeah. silent the silent band member who was regulating everything for yeah. all of us. I remember a long time ago you did mention something about the artwork, but one of the things I always admired about you was that your opinion was very important to the band. If yeah. we 
played something. I remember if Chris had a composition, he was always kind of like, what do you guys think? And everybody would say, well, with this, this and that. But if Pedro had something to say, everybody everybody had to had to listen to that. <laughs> yeah, you had a silent influence, but it was it was really? always there. Yeah, you know? I didn't realize that. That's funny. And I know we we all had the biggest respect for you, and 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 still do for you know for because you were okay. you were that silent. Yeah. Like I said, you were that that silent band member that nobody actually knew about. But if it wasn't for you, a lot of things wouldn't have happened, oh. especially for, for us as, as a band at that time. And and I, I know uh-huh. I know for Chris as well, you know, is Chris is always the shy re- reserve type, but I know, I know you were always like his, we say the, his, his right hand when it came to getting things done, you know? I, I tried my best really, but that was my love for the music also. Not only the love for Chris, but really the love for music. I knew it when I was seven, I heard the Beatles and I saw the guys with the long hair and I loved that. And I said, when I am grown up and when I'm going to marry, my husband has to be a musician and he need, I want a man with dark hair. So that's what I got. <laughs> really? It's not a joke. Okay. That's what I said. All right. All right. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. And so now, of course, we're many years further and you're, you guys are living in Amsterdam. How did that come about? We went to a small place. I came from a big city, but we went to a small place in the northern part of Germany because of a band where Chris played, a blues band, backwater blues band. Um, and we li- have been living there for 20 years. We thought that it would be for a shorter period, but our daughter grew up, she had to go to school. And once you have a child going to school, we felt the responsibility to stay there. We tried to move once to Holland, uh, but mm-hmm. our daughter was so upset to leave all her friends her, at, at school behind. So we said, no, we have first, first we have to finish this job with our daughter and then let's see what the future brings and uh, mm-hmm. she left home when she was 20 uh, she went for studies to um, Amsterdam she said that was um, she studied fashion design and she said um, I would like to study in Amsterdam and there was an what they say open dag in uh, Amsterdam and Chris said yeah if you go mm-hmm. there I go and with open you day, yeah so mm-hmm. they both went to Amsterdam to this open dag at the University of Amsterdam. And he came back in the evening and he said, I want to go back to Amsterdam. He grew up here. He came from here. But we met in Germany in the Ruhrgebiet and we stayed there mm-hmm. since uh, from, from then on until 1996. And he came back and he said, yeah, I want to go back to Amsterdam. And I said, okay, then... Let's do that because I always said I don't want to um, be the stumble block in his musical career. So that's how we did it. And it was difficult because we had a studio in Germany. We dismantled the studio. We went to Holland with not very much money. Uh, We had a Mercedes Benz at that time. Yeah, no, Chris was always a Mercedes driver. Yeah, we had the idea. Okay, we built the studio there. We sell the... um, we sell the Mercedes Benz and when, then we can live from that money for a while. Um, but the Mercedes was stolen. Oh my God. Just the first week that we went here. <laughs> and two weeks earlier, before we went to Holland, um, we canceled the all risk. <laughs> so 
the money was gone. Oh, wow. We had a few savings, but after six months, we really ran out, ran out of money. Speaking of Murphy's so Law. Yeah, that's speak- yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that, yeah, that was how it happened. <laughs> Car stolen. Uh, our plans were, had to, had to be changed. But there was no plan B. So what to do? I was looking for a job. Then. Okay. So you, but you've always been a very resourceful person and, and Chris as well. And so you went, you went from practically going completely bankrupt. And then, then you got this yeah. job that I remember you yes. mentioned. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. Um, you know, we have this, you call it, uh, job agencies. Uh, I went there, yeah. Uh, yeah. And said, I, I need a job. And they saw what I, and they heard that I'm German. Yeah, they heard it in my accent. And they said, um, we have something. Here's an American company. They, uh, they, are in, 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 they are selling their products here in Europe. And they are looking for someone for the German-speaking market, like Germany, Austria, and Switzerland. And then I heard this word thermocouple for the first time in my life. I had no idea what a thermocouple is, but I needed a job. So I said, I would like to uh, go there and have a word with the, with the owners. And uh, um, then I found out when I was there that a thermocouple is something that you need to read the temperature wherever it is. In that case, it was in molten metals because these products were for foundries. And um, okay. we needed the money so so much that I said to the guy, I even know how it smells because I'm coming from the industrial part of Germany and I really got the job. <laughs> 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 yeah, and I oh, went, yeah, I went out because I was in sales then and um, became successful. And it was Chris' idea after a couple of years, because I was uh, the worst per, uh, paid uh, manager in the whole company worldwide. Um, and uh, Chris said, you can do that on your own. And I said, I cannot do it on my own. He said, yes, why not? That's what you are doing now. And the whole office is running on, on, on your sales. And I had to think about it three days. And then I thought he's right. So I was looking for some products that I could sell. I was known in the industry because I was the only woman. It's really a male industry. I got the products and I started. And that really became a success. But that made me leave the music industry. And in the beginning, I found that really difficult. It was not easy for me. Okay, I can imagine. I can imagine. You have your company now and you still still have your company? Oh, okay. I sold it in 2016. So I was, I have been in that industry for 22 years. Mm-hmm. I was successful. I can really say I, I made a good lot, amount of money on that. But um, yeah, you become older and money is not all in life. Absolutely. And I mentioned I went to an art school and I was young and I had to leave it because I became pregnant. And um, I had a hobby all my life that was photography. Um, my first, um, what is the Spiegel reflex in, uh, in English? I don't know the word. Um, a mirror. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That I had that in 1980. Full frame. Full frame. Yeah. Yes. So I, and, and I kept saying, I would like to study photography one day. And there came a day that someone said to me, Petra, you always say it. So why don't you do that? And I said, yeah, I cannot do that. I have the company. Right. And he said, why not? Maybe you need to make some changes. 
And that made me thinking and I said, yeah, they are right. It's time to stop. So that's what I did. Okay. I was looking for someone who was interested in my company, could sell it to a German company, had to keep on working there for three years. But while I was working there, I already started at the Photofax for this um, University of Applied Photography mm -hmm. here in Amsterdam. Mm -hmm. And I graduated after three years of study last June, this year in June. So this is how it went. All right. Fantastic. Yeah, congratulations on that. Thank you very much. You make some some very beautiful work, which we'll Thank get you. into in a, in a few minutes. But, but going back into this job, you sold your company and yeah. you went full time photography. Yes. All right. Yeah. And in the meantime, Chris was still making his music because with Chris, uh, yeah, I must say uh, when we had the company, um, he really helped me. You know, music does not start at seven o'clock in the morning. So what he did every day, he went to the office with me. Uh, when I started, he said, I will do, I may make the packages for you. Yeah. That were two packages per week. In the end, it were 20 or 30 per day. So, oh, wow. <laughs> there was, there came a moment that I said, Chris, I have to find someone for that, uh, because he still made his music. So he left, uh, at lunchtime, went to his studio was from that time on and until the evening uh, busy with his music but he really helped me to uh, build up the company and we were yeah we had that typical Amsterdam life like many people here do you come home from work at maybe 10 o'clock in the evening um, no one did some shopping so the refrigerator was empty Many times we were sitting in a restaurant at 12.30 at night to have a little Small dinner, party. let's say. Right. And we did that for many years. And obviously after 22 years, I thought it has to stop. I had a very nice apartment that we had here and I had a beautiful kitchen where we, we lived there, I have been living there for six years, but I think it was five or six times that I cooked a meal in that kitchen. Wow. And that's a pity. Right. Uh, I mean, it was okay to live and, that and life. Yeah, and you're a great cook because I remember some of Thank you. Thank you. I do that now again. Yeah. I promise Chris. Chris, once I stop working, I will restart cooking and uh, make, making the German Kuchen, you know, the cakes. Yeah, he right. Loves right. That. So, yeah, I know. Yeah, so did I. <laughs> and I kept my promise. I kept my promise. So, <laughs> yeah. Great. great. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Now you got your diploma for your photography and at the, from the university. And I saw some of your work. I wanted to come up and, and see it, you know, live. But of course, yes. because of the Corona yeah. rules we've had, it was hard to yeah. travel and, and get up that way. And at one point, you know, we were able to start making music again down here. And so with my gigs, it was hard to come up sometimes. But you make some amazing work once again. And your street photography is is also something I'm very interested in as well. You've, you've seen some of my stuff. I'm still learning. Every day is a new day to learn more stuff, you know. But I, I really love the work that you're doing. And thank you. the shots that you make are, uh, being in Amsterdam is a wonderful city. Yeah. Uh, photography, also period, great especially great. if you're going to do street photography. I have it also, of course, with Antwerp. When you started doing your photography, did you bring back your drawing technique that you had when you're looking through your camera? Because mm -hmm. every photographer has this sort of 
approach to photography. With me, I look at, you know, I look at the, you know, yeah. the aperture and the, 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 the yeah. shutter time and, and, and the, yes. you know, and the, yeah. and the, uh, the lighting, I look at that like a, like the little, that triangle, I see that like a, a musical triangle, you know, you've got your basic track and you've got then the, the overdubs yeah, and yeah. everything. So yeah. I approach it in a musical yeah. kind of way. Do you approach that like what you, like you did with your drawing school or? Um, I'm attracted by, uh, by light. I really see light and colors. So sometimes I, I'm just going to the supermarket and come along at a place and see a certain light. And then I think, this is a place where you want to take some pictures one day. And okay. very often I immediately have an idea. And uh, sometimes it takes several times, six, seven times that I have to go there until I really have the shot that I already had in my, in my mind. Yeah. All right. And people say, oh, lucky shot. And I said, oh, I was, have been there for seven times and with different uh, camera lenses. And right. so, um, yeah, it is the atmosphere. And what I love is a filmic atmosphere in my street photography. That's what attracts me. So I'm really an admirer of um, Ed van der Elsken, for example. Maybe your listeners uh, mm. know, know that Dutch photographer, um, his black and white photography with uh, uh, portraits and people on it. And I also have shoot people from time to time, but not in a way he does, because nowadays you cannot do anything with that photo mm -hmm. unless you have the permission from the person on the photo uh, to, to publish it. Uh, that is one reason. But the other reason is that um, I, didn't, I don't know where it came from, but... I had a certain vision in my mind how I find that, how I like yeah, street photography. And um, during my study, I came across two photo photographers. One was Saul Leitner and the other one is uh, William Eggleston. And I saw both of them. I photographed like they did, but I didn't know them. So I'm not copying it, but that's my way how to do it. So I was really diving into their work and that was so nice for me to see that I'm on the right way, that it, that it does not have to be like Ed van der Elsken with people on it. It's, it can be totally different. Um, and both can be Absolutely. next to each other. And my photos are mostly colorful. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. That's, that's how I love it. And maybe it comes from the paintings. Indeed. Sort of a subconscious uh, kind of thing. That yeah. You're, right. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up with pop art and maybe that's what you see back in my photos, the pop art. Yeah. I was yeah. going to say that. I yeah. was going to say that. Yeah. And I was uh, very much inspired by Van Gogh. I visited after the first lockdown, I went to the Van Gogh Museum. I did not go there for 20 years at least because with all the tourists, you do not see anything because there are 50 people in front of you while you want to see the sunflowers. And after the first lockdown, it was empty there. So I went there and really I was so touched by his art to see it face to face. Exactly. And live exactly. in a very quiet room. And at that moment, the idea um, grew up in my head uh, to do a still life series wow. based on what, what I saw from Van Gogh. 
So I went uh, to the Van Gogh Museum several times and then I studied his colors nice. and you learn it's not 100% yellow that he's using. And so I really di was diving into it and I made a series, a still life series where the colors and everything is based on, on Van Gogh. It's inspired by Van Gogh, but I tried not to copy him. And uh, also that is really colorful. But whatever there. And now that you mention it, I think about some of the shots that you've posted on, on your social media. I, mm -hmm. I can I can see that coming back in and now. Which is yeah. nice. It's nice to discover that that's where yeah. you're getting that getting that from, yeah. you know. Mm -hmm. Wow. I know you, you mentioned something about your light. With me, for example, I'm I'm more of a composition guy. Mm -hmm. uh, light is important for me, but I know that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'd like to shoot without a flash uh, and, yeah. and, but I also like a, a, the composition. Like if I see a particular shot, whether it's with people or without people, it needs to kind of mm -hmm. like say a little story with me. Of course, I post every day on my social media, a picture with a quote yeah. or something I have on my mind at that time that I want to kind of throw yeah. out to people. But I look at the kind of composition because it, it, for me, photography is like that, that silent reading book. I'm not a big book reader. So if, if the picture can tell me something without me having to read words around it or about it, then it, that's cool for me. And so I, I can imagine, I can yeah. imagine that I'm, I'm also a big, big fan of, of, of Curry, you know, his, his artwork and how he yeah. captures eyes yes. are like with him. The way he captures a person's eyes are fantastic, yeah. you know. In his, in his yeah. But but I totally agree with you that uh, composition is really important. Uh, but I think I do it from an intuition. I, and I went to art school. I learned that, of course. Huh? That was part of the study that I did there. So maybe um, it, it's what I have learned many years ago. It's still, it's still right. in my mind. So when I look through the camera... I really right. compose it. And uh, I have used uh, analog cameras for more than 20 years, maybe 30 years. And I still take pictures like an analog right. uh, photographer. Right. Not, not 2,000 no. photos or so. No, I really compose That's it while I'm looking through it. And of course, there are sometimes situations um, where you um, take pictures, right. more pictures in a row, you know, if, if something is happening stuff, yeah. outside. Uh, how do you call it? Um, let's say 12 pictures exactly. per second or so, but it's not no, what I no. really like. I, I really look through I'm the same way. I, for me, I, I just like to look. That's the moment. Boom. Shoot it. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Yes. It's, yes. I, yeah. And at the moment it's not there, you go there again. Do you do the same? I've been there I've, yes. with the, when I've gone around scared. the town. Like if I go through, the, walk through the city, especially, especially yeah. during, mm -hmm. during the time that we had the lockdown. I mean, uh, you know, Antwerp was just yeah. one big ghost town and it was, it was beautiful yeah. at different times of the day to take a walk at different spots yes. and just capture a shot of it then and yeah. then later. And actually I've got shots that I've taken from that period. I want to maybe next year yeah. do like a small exhibition with, together with a few other colleagues uh, somewhere mm -hmm. here and uh, mm -hmm. to yeah. to show those pictures, you know. And so it, uh, yes. for me, the, the whole COVID thing was actually an eye opener as a photographer. And because it gave mm -hmm. me the space and the room to to discover my surroundings, which 
normally you go home yes. and you go into your house or you're going out and you don't really. And, and on top of that, because I wasn't allowed to play music. Uh, my camera was my was my one of my best friends at that time, just to just to put it yeah. in my pocket and go and just capture those moments, you know? Yes. Yeah. Well, uh, I have three series from lockdowns, lockdown one, lockdown two and the curfew that we had. And I remember I was standing here in my house, looked out um, we really live downtown, so I could see the change. Suddenly everything was empty and I was so curious. What's, how, how does it feel outside? And I thought, it's a pity that I have to, I was forced to stay in. Eh? I was not allowed to go out on the streets after nine o'clock. So I made sure that I got the necessary paper and I made that my graduation uh, series uh, about the curfew. And I went out on 16 evenings in that time in a completely empty Amsterdam. Uh, the first night I went out, I was so overwhelmed. I think I took two photos, not more. I, the, the impression of this empty yeah. town was so overwhelming. Right. Um, and it was, on one side, it was very sad. What happened there, it's, it, it was a tough time for everyone. Right. But it was also exciting and thrilling, I must admit. And I was the only one out there. I remember seeing animals that you normally would not see in town all of a sudden, you know, on the yeah. streets mm -hmm. at, at coming in. And yes. it was there was a certain ghost, ghostly, but at the same time, pleasant feeling uh, around. The yeah. which is, I know a lot of people got very depressed in that time, but... It was a, it was a time to to do some mind searching for yourself and yeah. and just read like I said rediscovering your surroundings from a whole different perspective. Yeah, I remember that at that time with the lockdowns and later with the curfew, uh, and that was my last year of the studies. And uh, some of my classmates they really had problems with it because they said, "Yeah, we had that and that idea, and now we cannot realize it." And I thought. Go, go and have a look. What is this this opportunity? Make yeah, make that Absolutely. your topic. And, Absolutely. Um, that's a one in a lifetime uh, chance. Say, I would every say. every disappoint every disappointment yeah. always leads to a new opportunity. You know. Yeah. So I looked at it in a positive yeah. way, and uh, yeah, it was it was very. I'm I'm happy that I had a chance to go out there with my camera and take pictures. And people tell me, yeah, you should bring out a book uh, about it. Maybe I will do one day, maybe. This is the, this is the moment to start, to start it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> going back to your photography, just one more time, just a little bit, one question before we get to the last question. On your Instagram, I see a lot of musicians that you've uh, in colleagues for all female colleagues. You you do you you have this sort of series now, mm -hmm. sort of like girl power or female power, I guess you want to call it. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Yes, it started from my interest. Uh, I, you know about my love for music, right? And you know now about my career in a very male industry. And. Um, when I started with my uh, photography study, uh, we had a task, it was free work, and we could do what, whatever we want. And I thought, um, 
it would be interesting to take pictures from women in jazz because that combines the music on one side and on the other side I still find uh, definitely jazz music is a male-dominated world. So I, need, I was curious to see how these girls and women um, manage to yeah, find their way in, in the music. So because of Chris, I of course knew some of them and I contacted uh, a few women, uh, Fedra Kwan, for example, Hermine, a bass player, Hermine Dörlo, um, chromatic... Um, the harmonica. Yeah, yeah, harmonica. Uh, who else? Oh, many Many of them, in every case, uh, um, Kika Spanger, saxophone, Saskia Leroux, trumpet. And that was only for my, for my study. And I posted, indeed, I posted some of the pictures on Instagram. And someone who has a jazz, jazz label here in Holland saw the photos. And he contacted me, um, John Weyers, and mm -hmm. he said, Petra, um, I'm running around with this idea about a book about women in jazz for a while already, but I never had a photographer and now I see your photos. Do you think that it is something we could do together? I said, that sounds like a nice idea. And uh, he had a title for it. He said, uh, yeah, I even have a name. I call it the Jazz Zussen. The Jazz okay, Sisters. Right. Instead of Soul Sisters, Jazz Sisters. And I said, let's do that. So that's what I'm, it's, it's still a work in progress. All right. I'm and, very curious to see that because yeah, you, I, I mean they're all they're all fantastic musicians. The ones that you I know 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 a lot of them because I've worked with a lot of a lot yeah, of the ladies. And I know. Yes, they're fantastic musicians. So whether you know whether they were female or not, they're, yes. they're good musicians. You know, so that's yeah. wonderful to see that. And uh, I always get a free concert from them because <laughs> I always say, you know what, just play, and I take pictures, and that's really wonderful. Right. So. They play their instruments and I have the privilege to be there as the only listener and can do what I like to do. Yeah. So maybe next year, summer, the, um, the book will come out. I hope so. Okay. Well, please keep me posted on that. And then I will also mm -hmm. at that time share it to our listeners as well. Nice. I have one last question, of course, which is the theme of the show. And the, the theme is about flow. And I would like to know, What does flow not only mean to you, but for you? I was thinking about that question, and it's a, it's a difficult question. What is flow? The flow for me is that I would say my whole life was in a flow. I had obstacles, but still I find my life, all whole life was in a flow, and I'm still in a flow. Flow is probably that you can do the things you like, And yet you love your life the way you live it, even if it is difficult sometimes. I mean, you are a musician, you know how it is. Sometimes you have money, some, sometimes you don't. Right. Yes, and... Uh, Most of the time you don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, you have people that you are losing and you know, I mean, we are old enough to know all the ups and downs in lives. And... Still, I can say that I'm very happy with my life. I think I had a good life so far now to have a few more years. And so maybe that's flow for me, the way I could live my life and that everyone is healthy around me and that I'm, yeah, in contact with, uh, with creative people. Uh, 
not only musicians, not only photographers, Great. also painters, writers. That's yeah. That's that's flow for me. Oh, fantastic! Well, I've 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 been fortunate to see part of your flow, and also with Chris and how his flow is still going, doing the things that he likes to do as well. And that's it. It boils down to at the end of the day, doing the things that make you happy. Yes, and stay curious. Yeah. Also, stay curious. Absolutely. Yeah, it's maybe Absolutely. also part of the flow. Stay curious mm -hmm. about all the things going around. How would you describe flow in photography? Ah, uh, flow into photography. Not necessarily a series of photos. I mean, that can be a flow. Yeah? For me, a flow is, I can only say how, how I would probably experience it. Sometimes I go out uh, on the street and do not find the pictures that I want to make. And I can come home and did not take any picture or maybe one. And the one that I did is not even good. And sometimes I come home and I have 20 photos of which I think, wow, that you that they were there at the right time. Maybe that's my flow. You know, there are days that I am in a flow and on other days I'm not. And when I'm in a flow, I'm relatively, I'm not... I'm never 100% happy with my photos. It can always be better. Maybe you have the same. Well, yeah, your flow is basically you capturing the moments that are important to you at that moment in your life. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I couldn't say it any better, uh, Eddie, really. Yeah, it's, it's great how you describe it. I agree. Yes. Yeah. And how is it for you, flow? What is your flow? My flow is taking every day that I that I wake up in the morning and making the best out of it. And yeah. those moments, whether they're disappointing or whether they're joyful yeah. moments, it's all part of one everlasting flow. And, yeah. you know, I said each day when I, when, when I close my eyes at night, as long as I can say, well, I got I got a lot out of this day. I still feel, I feel good about mm -hmm. what I did. Yeah. Then I'm then I'm in my flow. Then I'm nice. Yeah. Maybe it's it's the age that we reached in the meantime. I see it the same way. Yeah. When you are younger, that's true. You see the world differently. Yeah. Absolutely. And I have the same. Doesn't Listen. matter whether or so. Uh, you are there, you are healthy, your loved ones are healthy. Right. You can do the things you love. Right. Well, But, look, look at it like a camera, you know? They always say, you know, uh, uh, a camera is something you date, but a lens is something. You keep forever. Yeah. Yes. Very nice. Very nice quote. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So. Yeah. Well, I'd like to thank you so much. It has been such a pleasure to actually have a chance to talk because most of the time when we've spoken with each other, it was in between gigs and oh, there was yeah. this or that, and you were like, we always all we were always the quiet one in the in in the scene. <laughs> And now we've had, after so many years, a chance to really talk about something. And uh, also because we have a lot of common knowledge with the photography thing. And that's that's real cool to be able mm -hmm. to, after so many years, talk about that as well. You know. Well, uh, Eddie, I can only thank you for your interest. Really. I really appreciate that. And it is nice talking with you and talking with you about photography is even nicer <laughs> and, uh, and and about about the life uh, and how we are in life and 
I also like, I still like to talk about music or then more it's like listening to the musicians talking about music because you are the experts. I'm just a consumer. (laughs) Well, maybe, maybe we all, we should get together with the whole gang once and you just put, put the cameras on and just, uh, and do something like that, you know? I can imagine that that will happen one day, Eddie. Yeah. I'm sure it will. Yes. Well, listen, I'm sending a lot of love to you and, and the family. You know, you give Chris a big hug for me as well. And thank you. And thank, thank you, you so much for coming on. And I really enjoyed our conversation. And, and I hope when you have your exposition that you will inform me so that I can come and have a look. Well, I actually sent you a, um, uh, the, the information via the flyer. Ah, okay. Yeah. So you'll, you'll you have that, and and yes. hopefully we'll get a chance if you guys are ever you know out of Amsterdam and you come down to Antwerp, bring your camera. We'll we'll do some. You I know, will. We'll talk. We'll talk photo yes. stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> okay. okay. Take care and 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 keep making those beautiful pictures that you do. Thank you very much, Eddie. Thanks a lot. Already. Okay. All right. Bye. 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 This is MPP, and I'm Eddie C. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that almost wraps it up for this episode. Wow, I had three wonderful conversations with three wonderful people uh, once again, and I hope that their stories and their inspiration will touch you as well as they've touched me today. And speaking on those notes... Talking just real quickly about flow, it's it's such a wide subject and a deep subject as well. And I think that everyone has their own flow in life. Of course, you have to find the one that's right for you. And if you do that, then I think a lot of things will come your way that you wish for in life. So on those notes, here is my quote. Flow. That's it for this episode. But I'd like to thank my three guests, Samantha Tell, Evo Stauvenberg, and Petra Beckers for coming on and sharing their stories about what flow means to them. And remember, just go with the flow and it'll always help you get where you want to go. Until next time. You can find me on all platforms like Spotify, Android, and Apple. 
On Facebook, look for My Positive Podcast. And my website is mypositivepodcast.com. You can also contact me via my website or Facebook. A very special thanks to my technical producer, Iswan. This show is a production by Antwerp Podcast Service. My name is Eddie C., and this was MPP, My Positive Podcast. Tune in next week and stay positive.